Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It's the Opperman Report. Join digital forensic investigator and PI Ed Opperman for an in-depth discussion of conspiracy theories, strategy of New World Order resistance, high-profile court cases in the news, and interviews with expert guests and authors on these topics and more. It's the Opperman Report. And now, here is investigator Ed Opperman. Okay, welcome to the Opperman Report. I am your host, private investigator, Ed Opperman. And this show is brought to you by Archival Revival, the Christian film archive. Now, they're currently paying for for vintage Christian films. Archival Revival is dedicated to preserving and restoring classic Christian films and media. So if you have original prints, negatives, or other film elements of classic Christian films, or if you have audio recordings, masters, or classic Christian record albums, they want to buy them from you. You can email them at archival.revival at gmail.com. Now, now how this works is uh, they're a, they want to preserve these classic Christian films so that they can continue uh, bringing people to the Lord, to continue saving people, to continue bringing people to salvation. Uh, their staff is, has decades of experience in the handling and preservation of film elements, and they utilize the very best climate control film storage facilities around the world. You can contact them today at archival.revival at gmail.com. They also have a blog. You can reach them at, at archivalrevival.blogspot.com. So if you got these old vintage films and they're in those big 16 millimeter or 35 millimeter tin cans and you got them up in your closet there at the, the church, uh, the pastor's attic or something like that, or those youth camp or whatever, dust them off, uh, get a hold of archival.revival at gmail.com and they're going to make an offer for those films. They're going to, they want to buy them from you. Just a sponsor that wants to pay you. You don't have to buy anything. So, and they support the show. Okay. Got a fascinating guest today. And I want to thank him too. James Hudnall. Uh, came through for me at the last second. This is the day before 4th of July. Uh, I've been wanting to book this for a while. In fact, I emailed him uh, months ago on Facebook because I read the story. Now, you know, you know what it was? It was uh, 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 Mike Parziali told me this story. Mike Parziali, the guy who uh, does a lot of stuff on the Wade Robeson case. And uh, he told me about this. Look up this guy. My Disturbing Michael Jackson Experience by James Hudnall. You could find that over on Breitbart.com. Uh, but James got a lot of stuff going on here. He's going to be at the Comic-Con in San Diego in a couple of weeks. Uh, he writes for Lucky Comics, um, Beetle Girl, this, this, thing, this uh, comic called Beetle Girl. And he's written a couple of books. You can find them on Amazon.com, Two, for, two to the Chest, and Secrets of Writing. Uh, so, James, you there. 
Yes, I am. Hey, thank How's you so going? much. Oh, it's going good, you know. And it's not like we haven't been talking for 20 minutes off the air, right? But, you know, <laughs> it's going kind of great. Hey, so tell us about yourself. Who is James uh, Hudnall? Well, I'm a professional writer. I've been doing it since 86. Before that, I was a computer programmer. Uh, and I was also an Air Force veteran. Um, but uh, I created a comic called Espers and uh, then went on to write for Marvel and DC. And I've also worked for Image and Malibu. I was a creator of the Malibu, one of the founders of the Malibu Ultraverse. And uh, so the last, then uh, when the comic industry kind of tanked in the 90s, mid 90s, I went back into computers and I went into uh, web development. So I've been mainly doing internet, being an internet engineer, as they call it. But uh, I still do comics, and and uh, I've been doing them on the side. And I'm, and I'm also self-publishing stuff uh, through uh, digital uh, means, as well as uh, I've got my own publishing company. So I've been pretty busy, I guess. Okay, very good. And I guess it was through this comic book. Uh, I guess you've been a comic book guy your whole life. Um, and that's how you had this, uh, distur- quote unquote, disturbing encounter with Michael Jackson. Uh, why don't you describe yeah. it? Yeah. Yeah, sure. Oh, well, I used to live in LA and, uh, cause I was pursuing the movie business and everything. And, um, I used to shop at, uh, Golden Apple Comics on Melrose, which is kind of like a big store down there. And, uh, it happened to be a, a store that a lot of celebrities, shopped at also i would go in there a lot and see i would always see celebrities in there when i went in there i've seen samuel jackson and a bunch of other people so um i was friends with the uh owner and also uh, the employees and one day i came in to get my comics and the owner said hey michael jackson's here do you want to meet him and i said sure you know and i liked michael jackson's work now this is before it all came out that he was uh, assaulted this teenage boy that it came out in the news around that time in the early nineties. And, um, I, I had my suspicions about Michael Jackson before then, because I just thought it was weird that a celebrity would spend so much time with kids. It just seemed, you know, it just, it was one thing to be, to, you know, see kids and, and, everything that's fine but he you know just seems to be a little bit too much i mean there's there's degrees you know so (laughs) i always had my suspicions about him but you know i i I liked his music and everything and i I thought it'd be cool to meet him so um so they said sure and it's and it said well he's busy right now but you know when he gets so he came he apparently he was in the back of the store which is where the employees go and then he came out and he had this boy with him who was like Turned out later it was this Jordy. His name was Jordy, I think. Yeah, Jordy Chandler. Like Thirteen years. Yeah, so it was Jordy actually Peterson Jordy Chandler. Yeah, okay. I think his name is Peterson. Anyway, so he had this boy with him. Now, okay, so he had this guy with him, right? Except he had his arm around him the whole time, like it was his girlfriend, and they were whispering in each other's ear, and it's just like the kind of behavior you don't see people do, you know, unless they're either gay or they're they're on a date or something. It's just not like two guys, especially like a 40 year old. He was, this time he was like in his forties and this was a 13 year old. So, you know, it's just a little strange. I don't know, but you know, anyway, so then they disappeared again and they disappeared for like half an hour. And then I said, well, so I've been waiting to meet Michael Jackson, right? I've been hanging out there and I've been talking, I was talking to other employees there 
So I said, where did he go? And they, oh, he's in the bathroom. Now, there's only one bathroom in that store, and it's for the employees, and it's in the back where all the boxes are and everything. And uh, it's only a, a bathroom big enough for one person. I've been in it before. It's a very small bathroom. It's literally one. It's just barely big enough for one person to go in there and come out. So why would two people go into a bathroom like that? I mean, there's only two reasons I can think of, and one of them is to do drugs. And the other one, you know, I don't want to think about. It. So it's for, you know, a 40-year-old man and a 13-year-old boy. So I don't know. I mean, what is he going to do, hold his hand? Or, I don't know. Uh, anyway. Well, let me ask you so a couple he questions. Was, let me ask you a couple questions. They were in there for, wait, wait. for half an hour. Wait, James, can you hear me? <laughs> sure, I'm here. Let me ask you a couple of questions. Uh, now, when you saw these two walking around, was was Jordy like a, this was Jordy Chandler? Because you said Peterson. Jordy Chandler, that's the name, yeah. yeah. Jordy right. Chandler. Now, the size of them was Jordy Chandler obviously clearly like a little boy along with Michael Jackson, a grown man, or, or did they almost like appear to be? No, there? Michael Jackson wasn't very tall either. So he, you know, he's tall and very thin. So he could have, he almost could pass for, uh, you know, though he was like, you could tell he wasn't, especially at that point, he had been, he had all that facial surgery done. So he was looking like the mummy or whatever. But anyway, um, no, he was like a 13-year-old, but he looked like he could have been 15 or 16. Okay, uh, and but, were they holding hands as they walked around? Yeah, and uh, he had his arm around him like you'd have your arm around your girlfriend if you were on a date and you were going around. Wow. I mean, look, if you're if you're going to a comic store and you're looking at comics, uh, why would you have your arm around somebody the whole time? It just Unless you were like on a date or something. It's just not like... It's certainly not it's it didn't seem very to me it just didn't seem like uh like two friends hanging out. I mean, I've never had my arm around my friend. And now, anyone else that, anyone else in the store like look at this and say, "Hey, what's going on here?" Like your friends who work there? Uh, nobody if it's LA, you know, yeah. there's nothing people just ignore, you know, try to ignore it or act like they just act like it was I mean, nobody was like going, what are you doing? Or, you know, it's nothing like that. In that way, they they see all kinds of stuff. So it's, people are jaded, you know. And I was like, it's not like, I didn't, I felt like I can't presume that they're, and it's not my business, but, you know, uh, it's not like it was I'm not consensual, in other words. I mean, I didn't feel like the kid was trying to get away with from him or anything. So that's why... I don't think it was entirely, I think it was, you know, when, when Michael Jackson, apparently he gets bored with these kids and he just finds another one and he just pays off the parents. And this time the parent, the dad sued him and tried to get more money and he ended up getting millions apparently in a settlement. But I think it was, uh, the, the sick thing is that a lot of these parents having researched the story quite a bit, um, because I used to write for Breitbart and uh, uh, did some research on it. The um, apparently a lot of kids. I mean, a lot of these parents would willfully give their kids to Michael Jackson to be their his plaything, and then they, because they would get money out of it. They would get car, brand new cars, and and money, and and they would just pimp out their kids. You know, the celebrity. It's really kind of sick, but this is not unusual in the celebrity world. Uh, there's people that are just willing to, uh, 
they don't have any scruples or morals or anything. They just would rather, you know, they just try to exploit their kids, especially in Hollywood. It's, it's pretty common because people are always trying to get their kids into movies and TV shows because they can live off their wealth, you know. Yeah, if you, but, ever read, uh, if you ever read the story about Jordy Chandler at his mother's house there, it was like a little two-bedroom house, like 1,300 square feet. And Michael Jackson and Jordy Chandler's little 13-year-old boy stayed in, my, in Jordy Chandler's bedroom for like over 30 days straight, never left the room, and she would leave their food on a plate, on a tray in front of the door. They'd open up the door, bring the food in. And so they, they were in there you know, 24 hours a day together for like a month. Uh, a very bizarre story with, with the whole uh, Jordy Chandler situation. Yeah, that's the other thing. Okay, yeah. I don't know about you, but I remember what it was like to be a teenager. Right. And uh, when you don't, you start getting sexually adventurous at that age. And like, um, if somebody wants to spend that much time, I mean, I'm not gay. So I, if somebody wanted to spend time with me that much, I would say no. <laughs> you know? If it was a guy, if it was a girl, maybe, but so I, you know, they probably had a consensual gay relationship. Presumably, I don't know, but, the thing is, is that the kid, if the kid didn't want it, he w it wouldn't have happened. So, but the thing is, it doesn't matter because he's a grown man and it's against the law. And they, you know, and, and, and really, if he had any brain, if Michael Jackson had any brains at all, he wouldn't have left himself so open to uh, blackmail. I mean, and apparently he was very in, indiscreet about it, you know, so because this is not, this was only this. The first one, but there were others after that, and there were apparently other ones we didn't hear about till later. You know, yeah, I so think part apparently of his, he, I think he'd been doing this for a while. I think part of his fetish was to to make it known. You know, he he wanted the the parents to know because there was a yeah, whole well, thing. Yeah, what do you got? It's one of those weird things that people that commit crimes they they, they have a guilt about it, so right. they feel it kind of drives them to want to want people to catch them. You know, it's like serial killers that want to be caught or something. It's kind of a, a thing about, you know, that that people have. And now I'm, but, cu um, I'm curious about the, the the comic book shop. Now, you said they were in the back room first and they went into the bathroom. Did, well, all the times you were visiting this shop, did you know other uh, clients, customers, to go into the back room and to use that bathroom? I didn't really think about it, but I'm sure they did because the owner was pretty nice and he would let, you know, I, I mean, because I was a comic book professional, then I, you know, they were they always welcome. They let me go in the back and stuff, but it wasn't open to customers. It was just for uh, employees, and then they would have so they would you would do a lot of signings. The owner, he would have signings every week of some celebrity or comic book pro or, you know, people from all kinds of stuff. Uh, so. Including porn stars, he was a big into porn stars, so he would have porn stars do signings too at that store. But um, he's gone now. But uh, anyway, uh, he, uh, you know, but he was an okay guy. I mean, I okay. I knew him for a few years. Now, now one more question: What what reason? We we know, like you already said, that there'd be no reason for two men or a man and a little boy or two people to go into the the bathroom. But what reason would they be to go into the back room? Was it like more comics books that day you can go and browse through? What was going no, on? No, well, they, they, I don't know, but I didn't go back at the time. I just waited out in the front. But um, yeah, the reasons could be they were back there talking to somebody, or they could have been, you know, looking through boxes that were of of 
comics that were in the back or, you know, there could have been other reasons. Right. I can only assume. I, I have no, I, I don't have any direct info on that. But had you ever oh. been? Hey guys, I got a great new deal for you. It's called Factor, America's number one ready-to-eat meal delivery service. Now I want you to take out a pen and paper and write down Opperman fifty O P P E R M A N five zero. Now Factor's delicious ready-to-eat meals make eating better every day easy. Wherever tomorrow takes, you'll be ready with pre-prepared, chef-crafted, and dietitian-approved meals delivered right to your door. You'll have over 35 different options a week to choose from, including keto, calorie smart, vegan veggie, and more. Uh, there's even more to enjoy with over 55 nutrition-packed add-ons that help make your weekly meal planning even more delicious. What are you waiting for? Get started today and have a feel-good week of meals ready to go. Two-minute meals. Fuel up fast with Factor's restaurant-quality meals that are ready to heat and eat wherever you are. Snacks, smoothies, and more. Discover a wide variety of easy options for the entire day like breakfast, midday bites, and more. Sign up and save. We've done the math. Factor is less expensive than takeout. And every meal is dietitian approved to be nutritious and delicious. Factor is the perfect solution if you're looking for fast, upscale options done easily. Flexible for your schedule. Get as much or as little as you need by choosing 6 to 18 meals per week. Plus, you can pause or schedule your deliveries anytime. No prep, no mess meals. Factor meals are 100% ready to heat and eat. So there's no prepping, no cooking, no cleanup needed. Now head to factormeals.com front slash opperman50 and then you use code opperman50 to get 50% off. That's code opperman50 at factormeals.com front slash opperman50. O-P-P-E-R-M-A-N-5-0 to get 50% off. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting? Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family cannolis and spins mean everything now you want to get mixed up in the family business introducing the godfather at chabacasino.com test your luck in the shadowy world of the godfather slot someday i will call upon you to do a service for me play the godfather now at chabacasino.com welcome to the family vgw group no purchase necessary void where prohibited by law see terms and conditions 18 plus back in, that, in that back room have I ever what been in the, in the back storeroom? It's like a little storeroom. Okay. Yeah, I've been back there more than I'd say maybe ten or fifteen times. And it was a bunch of boxes and stuff like that that you could go through. Yeah, it's just like a little mini warehouse that is just like the stuff they didn't have on display. Right. They would have boxes of in the back, like they'd have boxes of comics that they didn't have up front. You know, it just it's just like extra stuff if they needed to put it up front to fill the shelves. So it's just inventory basically. All right, so I guess and then like, there was yeah. 
there was room to you know walk around back there and stuff. And I guess if you're a celebrity, uh, you you could go back there and sit on a box, you know, just a little privacy, you know, for a few minutes, you know. Uh, I wouldn't really. Well, that's the only reason to go back there yeah. because otherwise it was pretty boring and it wasn't that comfortable. It wasn't like there was like a lounge back there or anything. Yeah. It's a small store. It wasn't. It's a big store for Melrose, but it's not a huge. Wasn't a huge place. So we're not talking like a lot of square feet back there. It's just, you know, and most of it's shelving and stuff. And there was a little office and then like the owners had a little office back there, which was pretty small. And then there was uh, maybe uh, tables for them to work on, like people boxing stuff that were putting stuff in mylar, like comics they would put in these mylar sleeves, stuff like that. there's about three or four people usually working the store in the daytime, and most of them be up front, but like maybe there'd be one or two in the back. And then the owner had a has a wife, and she was often in the store. I don't think she was that day. I don't remember, but um, he had he had two sons who were adults. I don't think they were there either at the time. It, yeah, yeah. It's, it's kind of it's been a while, so I don't remember that. For the employees, for the employees and the owner, was it common for Michael Jackson to come in and bring this little boy with him? They said he would come in about once a month and maybe twice a month sometimes. And he would buy a ton of comics and he would usually come in with a lot of kids. And I I asked my friend, uh, I said, what kind of comics does Michael buy? Because I was a comic writer and I I was curious if he read any of my books. And he goes, and so I said, what kind of comics does he buy? And he says, just ones with kids in them. Oh, boy. (laughs) 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 Exactly. I'm like, oh, boy. (laughs) Now, when they were saying that to you, was it like they were saying to you, hey, man, this guy's, you know. No, he was serious. He was serious. But here's what he would do. Michael, this is the thing why I think it's like he's like a, a guy with a van, you know, like a scary looking van that has kids to get in his van is that um, he's just a more upscale version of that. Basically he would go in, he would get kids. He would bring a bunch of kids over to the store and then he would buy them whatever they wanted. So we'd spend a couple grand on, on stuff for the kids. And it was just like buying, it's like giving treats out to his flock, you know? Sure. And he had a place in uh, he had Neverland, which was up in. It's kind of remote from L.A., but it's like in the next county, I think. But I mean, uh, he also had uh, a condo in in L.A. that he stayed at at times, and uh, I think he, you know, I don't know. If, so I don't know if he brought local kids to the store or whatever. And I don't know where he got the kids from, but you know, he just usually had a flock of kids. But this day. He didn't. He had just you know Jordy with him, but um, the uh, but they said usually he comes in with a bunch of kids. But they said he's been seeing this Jordy kid for a while. He, they told me, and then the other thing that hammered it home for me was so then finally I got to meet Michael Jackson. So went out to where his car was, and he was driven by a driver. Wait, let me let me, let me stop you for one second. When they come out of the bathroom, these two, were they are they looking suspicious? You know how when you come out of the bathroom, you're gonna we probably brought a girlfriend to the bathroom one time. <laughs> you know what I mean? I couldn't I couldn't I couldn't see you that see because that it was it's it's behind 
everything. So okay. if you're out in the front, you wouldn't see the, where the bathroom is. It's like behind a bunch of shelves and boxes and stuff. So it's like in the back of the store. Gotcha. Yeah, I didn't see them come out. I mean, like I say, it's a really small bathroom. I mean, it's like you've been in ones like it that are just like really tiny. Yeah. You know, just basically a sink and a, and a toilet, and that's it. And it's just barely big enough to go in and out. You know, so uh, two people could fit in there, but um, you know, it just it would be awkward. And I don't know. <laughs> so yeah, so uh, so. I went out. So finally they said, okay, he's leaving. You can meet him now. So I went out, they went outside and he had a car waiting for him. And it was like a SUV, a black SUV with dark windows. And it wasn't a limo. And uh, the driver was a short, nebbishy looking guy with wireframes, uh, white guy. And um, he also had like a bodyguard with him. And, uh, so he stood there, and the owner just brought me over and said hi, and he just wanted to introduce you to James Hudnell. And he apparently didn't know who I was, and he didn't care. And he was just – so I said, hello, nice to meet you. I liked your last album, which wasn't true, <laughs> but which was dangerous, I think, was the one that came out. But um, anyway – or the one after that. Anyway, so um, – anyway, he, he said thanks. And it, the thing is, I was looking him right in the eye – when I said hello, right? And he wouldn't look me in the eye. He had his eyes were like dancing back and forth, like he was either high or something. You know, he just, it seemed really paranoid. And I was like, what is he so paranoid about? You know, because <laughs> I really hadn't, at that point, I hadn't thought about him. I thought maybe in the back of my mind that maybe they were up to no good, but I didn't find out till later that they were in the bathroom for half an hour. I only asked about that later. You know, so at the time I didn't know that he was in the bathroom for half an hour. I just thought they were back there doing something, you know, talking, you know, because I mean, a lot of times if you're in this business, comic business, you know, you're out there, you're talking about comics, you could be like doing that for a while. So that could have been what they were doing. I don't know. Anyway, so, so I met him and he, then he finally gets in the car with his boy toy or whatever and they leave. So, then a month or two passes and I was watching, I think entertainment tonight or some show like that extra. And, and they brought up this Michael Jackson is being sued. And then they, and it says, they talk about Jordy Chandler. And then they bring up this, this guy who was the driver of Michael Jackson who confirmed it. And it's that it was the same guy with hmm. the glasses and I'm like, okay, well then I wasn't making, I wasn't uh, imagining things. <laughs> that just makes brings it home for me because I assumed that that might have been going on, but I I wasn't gonna, you know, I I mean I was pretty sure that it was true, but I wasn't gonna just say for a fact it's true. I'm not gonna just jump to the conclusions that he was doing that. But anyway, so that pretty much brought it home, and then you know later various things were coming out that just made it worse, made it more and more likely that it was real. Well, I think the Martin Bashir interview that he did with Michael Jackson really brought it home with uh, the one where 
they do a tour of Michael Jackson's house and Michael Jackson said he loves sleeping with kids. It's one of the most beautiful things that you can do. <laughs> Share your bed with a kid. Yeah. And then he, and then he would sit and then he, they showed like all this creepy artwork on his walls. Some of which were just unbelievably creepy. <laughs> one was like all these little cherubs dancing around him, a painting of him surrounded by all these cherubs who were like these babies with wings. And just, it just looked like super creepy. It looks like, I don't know if you know anything about that Pizzagate story. Sure, sure. If you've seen some of that creepy artwork, it's in that vein. Yeah. You know, it's just like super creepy artwork that is just, man, you know, apparently there is this pedophile thing is like a huge thing that was especially with rich people. And so apparently it's, it's very prevalent and, Hollywood and other places like that and uh, politics and so he was probably well protected and you know because he was a huge Democrat donor and he was put on these huge fundraisers for the Democrats and everything and uh, so he probably had a lot of protection on that score and uh, yeah you know it's yeah, interesting it's, uh, because the tour that I was telling you off the air about that tour that uh, I knew about what happened was a uh, uh, I used to own a cell phone business, cell phones, uh, beepers, and cell phones. So the guy that installed my car phones in cars for me we became friendly, and I became friends with his father. And his father worked on that Thriller tour. Now, uh, no, it was it might have been it was one of the tours um, that was promoted by uh, Al Sharpton and that mafia guy Francis. And uh, mm. so, and I says, I don't know if I forget what I said, but he says, "Oh yeah, Michael Jackson." I, I mentioned Al Sharpton. And he says, oh, yeah, he's a bad guy. And Michael Jackson's a bad guy because, you know, they, they caught Michael Jackson with little boys during that tour and they all covered it up. And so then, and this is way before the Geordie Channel thing hit the news. And I said to him, I yeah. said, well, why don't we go to the National Enquirer? And he says, Ed, no way. These are all bad guys. These are all really dangerous guys. You can't do it. You can't even touch them. So it was the same kind of thing. No, I'm sure he was heavily protected by a lot of powerful people. That's, you know, there's a thing with a lot of these elites, they are involved in this kind of stuff, child, human trafficking and and pedophilia. And uh, in the case of Michael, I don't think he was doing, he wasn't killing kids or anything. I mean, some of these pedophiles do. They well, kill actually, kids they... hey, you want to know what? Uh, when you listen to Pelicano, his his private investigator, Anthony Pelicano, that uh, he made a statement saying, uh, Sleeping little little boys—that's the least of it. If people know what Michael Jackson really did, they they they'd, they'd go crazy. So so he made some. Oh, good... I, I would love. To, it's too bad that he got sent away because I'm sure he had a lot of good stuff. Because he was uh, also involved in Hillary's. Right. He was uh, Hillary hired him to go after the the ac women who accused Bill of raping them and stuff and molesting them. So she sent Pelicano after them. That's right. And. Yeah. So, yeah, so he's probably got some amazing dirt, but, of course, he would probably be smart not to say too much of it. Well, no, the but, word um, is, yeah, the word is he, he wants to sell his tapes. He's from prison. He's talking right now. He wants to sell his tapes. Um, so uh, That would be, be awesome if he did. Oh, you, can, can you imagine? <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, first of all, this human trafficking thing is, is scary yeah. and disturbing because from my research, I found that um, – that a lot of these uh, social services programs where they take kids away from parents right. for whatever reason, that uh, these kids often disappear, that social services sells them to human traffickers. 
this is like horrible stuff. And then a lot of these kids end up dead. And there's people that was traced like a lot of these kids in like around Washington, D.C. area, Maryland and around there, that there's a massive amount of kids that go missing in these areas. And it's all over the country. And really, if you go back and look, there's there's been like in the 80s, there was this huge thing with Boys Town where right. – this politician who was Republican was involved in Boys Town and this huge pedophile thing going on there. I mean, this stuff's been going on for a while and it's pretty disturbing. And uh, really, he's just, Jackson's just the tip of the iceberg and really is a revealing that, I mean, people should stop uh, trying to say it doesn't exist because it does exist. It's real and it's, it's, got to stop and i mean like in the case of uh jackson you know later they they found that he has a secret room in his his neverland ranch and it had all this pornography and everything in it he was definitely into kids it wasn't imaginary but whenever i tell this story the times i've told it online i've done it a few times including the time at breitbart that you read um there's always like jackson fans that call me a liar and the thing is, is look, I just happened to be there at the right time. It just happened to be the same. I used to shop at the same store he shopped at. It just hap- I just happened to be there one day when he was there. It's no magic, and it's not a lie. It's, <laughs> I know other people that were there that they would maybe willing to talk about it. I don't know. Uh, I didn't ask them, but it's it's for real. It's not a joke, and it doesn't. I don't really. It doesn't matter if my story is believed because there's so much other solid evidence that says it's true. You know, it's not like an imaginary story. And it, like you say, it's it was going on long before Jody Chandler. I mean, there were apparently many instances where he'd just been paying off families. You know, like families would. The thing is, this is a sick thing that I was telling you is that a lot of these families deliberately let their kids be abused and then they wanted payouts to shut up, keep it quiet about it. So there's untold millions of dollars he probably spent paying off people over the years. And I, I got a couple of questions for you. Uh, back, sure. back to that day at the comic book store, uh, when they were getting into the car, did you see Jordy Chandler then? And did he look nervous or suspicious as well? Yes, he, I saw him. Uh, no, he didn't look nervous. He just, he looked like, uh, how do you say it? When people that are like uh, feel they're important or they feel like they're like in a different, uh, you know, like a famous person or somebody who's, they have like, they, they avoid eye contact and they just get in the car without looking at anyone and they act like they're important. So he was like that. He was, he just didn't make any eye contact with anyone and he just got in the car. He did not act like he was afraid of anyone or I really, like I say, I really think he was consensually involved and I think it was, maybe he wasn't because apparently he's not gay now. I read an interview with him years ago where he's now an adult and he's got a girlfriend and everything, but um, you know, it's, and a vulnerable teenager can be seduced by an older person, especially if they're famous. And and I get and a lot of these kids that Michael Jackson seduces were fans of his, so they were seduced by somebody who was like a famous person. So it was easy for him to do that. And he has all he had all of this. He turned his you know his 
is uh, Neverland Ranch into some kind of playground that had like amusement park and a zoo and all these video games and all this toys and it was like a creep. It was really like a high end pedophile paradise. You I can know, imagine, yeah. You know, I had I mean, to, I mean, I had Diane Diamond on the show, and she told a story about how she had heard that after the story came out about Jordy Chandler, she had heard that his parents would drop him off at the movie theater all by himself early in the afternoon and leave him there until 5 or 6 o'clock at night when they came back to pick him up. So all she had to do was go to that movie theater and look for him and find him and pull him aside and start talking to him. So this kid was an at-risk kid uh, from the very start. Uh, you know, Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. That's the case of most of these kids, yeah. from what I understand. They have, well, first of all, what kind of parent lets their kid be abused like that? Yeah. You know, I mean, it's all these parents are just scum, really. They, they just have these innocent kids that they just threw to the lion's den. They just wanted it for the. They just wanted to get as much money out of it as they could, you know. Um, and that's really the heart of it. Really, it's with a lot of this stuff is that uh, these people weren't taking care of their kids in the first place. Even if he had never been, in, Michael Jackson had to enter their lives, they would have ended up screwed up anyways because his parents were neglectful yeah. and they didn't care about their own kids. Because I mean. Really, I mean, you'd have to really not care about your kids to let to just dump them somewhere for and not. I mean, well, you know, I mean, my generation, uh, we, we our parents let us wander around without supervision a lot, and and I didn't. It wasn't a problem for me, but I mean, some of these things that these parents do, it's not. It's beyond the pale. I mean, it's one thing to let your kid go to the movies for two for four hours or whatever. Mm another thing because you know where they are but if you if you're just leaving them with some f old guy for like days yeah. <laughs> there's something there's something wrong with that well even the movie theater you know because I'm, I'm 55 years old and when i was a kid the movie theater was a haven for these uh these perverts you know and uh we we saw it, you know, and and even I remember too. They wouldn't let us go up. The women, when the women were the uh, the women, what do they call those? The ushers. When the when the ushers were women, yeah. they wouldn't let us go up in the balcony. This is don't ever go up there. But then sometimes when uh, these young men were the, the the ushers, they would let us go up into the. And as soon as I went, I remember going up there once, man, and seeing these old men up there. This is for a matinee. There's no reason for these guys to be up there, you know, watching these uh, kid movies with cartoons back in those days, man. Like you know, these kid movies. But, but, yeah. You know what I mean? Yes. Well, let me ask a couple of questions though too now. Now, back at this time, um, when the whole Jordy Chandler story broke, was there, and, and there were 
pressing charges against Jackson. Did anybody come to you and ask you to testify? Was your story known? Did you think about uh, inserting yourself into the case and offering your testimony? No, my story wasn't known, and I didn't try to make it known because I didn't think it was that big of a story. And uh, there was much bigger stories being broke about Jackson, so I didn't feel it was necessary for me to add fuel to fire. I would just... I just, uh, all I did was I went back and talked to my friends and they're the ones that filled me in on the fact that Michael Jackson was in the bathroom for half an hour. Cause like I said, I didn't know that at the time. I just knew that they were back there for a while, Gotcha. but they had a lot of experience dealing with Michael Jackson and they, it was just like, you know, he's just another customer and they just, you know, they would have these celebrities come in and out of there and they just, uh, they didn't, they just pretend not to notice anything. Because, I mean, that it's like if you're dealing with famous people, that's kind of what you do if you have a business. And it's good for their business to have famous people going in and out of there. So they, they just ignored, you know, that's <laughs> just the nature of L.A. So, uh, yeah, I I didn't want to – I'm not the kind of person that tries to exploit a situation. The only, I only – first time I wrote about it publicly was uh, on that Breitbart site and it was years later and after michael jackson was dead and it was right actually that story i wrote that story right after he died um just to say you know that this was my experience because people were basically lionizing him when he died and i just felt like people should know should not ignore the truth about him because i don't think it's I don't think it's cool if that's what he was doing. I don't think it's cool. I mean, I still like his music, but, and I think he was a very screwed up person, you know, I, and his dad abused him. I saw his dad too. <laughs> I saw his dad. I used to live in Encino, which is where his parents lived. And I used to see his relative, his brothers and his, I never saw his mom, but I saw his dad once in the supermarket and I just happened to be right behind him in the supermarket line. Yeah, I saw the dad at a casino uh, over here once at the sports book, and I also saw yeah, he his... lived in Vegas. Yeah, and his sister later. lived. In, yeah, oh, yeah, his sister Latoya lived over there uh, in the same. I lived in Seven Hills because uh, our our guest today, uh, James uh, Hudnall, has lived in Vegas here. He lived in Henderson, where I live, uh, for a while uh, years ago. And when I first moved to Seven Hills, uh, Latoya lived in Seven Hills, and I saw her and some guys she was with, you know, uh, getting into a very expensive uh, Mercedes out in front of a, we use the same dry cleaners, you know? Uh, so yeah, they were around. Hey, you know that story about the uh, Joe Jackson too, stealing that money from that Korean church? Did you ever hear that story? <laughs> he scams about a lot of that money. No, I didn't hear that one, but I'm not surprised. Yeah. Well, and, and the two of the, the Jackson brothers too, they mar they have babies with the same woman, you know, they were, they were both, uh, you know, so, you know, <laughs> it's just, yeah, they, they they're, they're all the brothers who kind of screwed up from what I've read. And I've, I didn't talk to his brothers, but I've, I sat next to one of them at a, at a car wash where I was waiting to get my car. I was waiting for my car to come out, and he was sitting on the bench next to me. And he, like, looked at – I think it was Randy. And he, like, looked at me. Because a lot of times celebrities, like, especially C-list celebs, they will, like – they were hoping you'll recognize them and say, oh, it's you. You're right. so great. And I don't do that. I don't care if somebody's famous. I, the only time I've ever done that is somebody I really, really, really like, like Rutger Hauer or somebody like that. But I mean, um, most celebrities, they're just people. To me, so, um, the, um, so like, 
I was sitting next to him in the car. And I've also met a lot of ton of celebrities, I mean, like sports celebrities. My sister works for the Red Sox, and, and I've just, uh, I've also got, I've just run, I just run in those circles, especially when I lived in LA, I would meet a lot of these people. And to me, they're just people. I don't, and I don't follow a lot of that sports. So I don't really, I knew who they were. I just didn't care. But I mean, I've met like, when I lived in LA, I met a ton of celebrities. I just got to be, you know, like meeting people in general. But uh, yeah, so Michael Jackson is just the, one of the more famous people I've met, but I've met tons more, you know. Just, well, James, let, let me take anyway, a little... Anyway, he's the one that stands out. <laughs> let me take a little... Oh, I know, obviously, if he's in a bathroom with a little kid for, uh, for a half hour. Let me uh, take a little commercial break here. When we come back, I want to ask you about um, your experience uh, with at Breitbart because uh, sure. that theory about Breitbart um, making the comments about Pizzagate, about Podesta, uh, I, I'm interested in what you have to say about that. So let's take a little me- uh, commercial break here. We're with uh, James Hudnall. Uh, he's going to be at Comic-Con next week um, in San Diego, two weeks. Uh, he writes for Lucky Comics. He's got a comic book coming out called uh, Beetle Girl. What's that thing called, Beetle Girl? Beetle Girl, is, it's a com- I've done a bunch of issues of it for him, uh, for them. But uh, I, I mainly just do my own comics, but I, I've been doing some for them. And I like, you know, they're a nice little company. They're doing fun comics, you know, so. Yeah, you can tell I'm not a comic book guy, but I'm, I'm, try, I'm trying. I'm trying. I'm trying to, yeah. And, uh, sure. And there's a couple of books, two, two to the Chest and Secrets of Writing. Two to the Chest and The Secrets of Writing. I also wrote a novel called Hell's Reward, which is part of a fantasy series that I did. And those are available in either print or, or digital better uh, booksellers. Okay, we'll be right back after these messages with more of a James Hudnall. And now a word from our sponsors. Archival Revival, the Christian Film Archive, is currently paying for vintage Christian films. Uh, they are dedicated to preserving and restoring classic Christian films and media. So if you have an original prints, negatives, or other film elements of classic Christian films, or you have audio recording masters for classic Christian record albums, they want to buy them from you. So email archival.revival at gmail.com, and they're going to make you an offer. Archival Revival wants to preserve these classic Christian films so that they continue saving people for years. These films have brought people to salvation. They want to continue that. Their staff has decades of experience in handling and preserving of film elements, and they utilize the very best climate-controlled film storage facilities around the world. Contact them today at archival.revival at gmail.com. If there's someone you know has these prints, negatives, recording masters, or other materials from vintage Christian films, you can check out their blog at archivalrevival.blogspot.com. Now, just so you understand, Archival Revival wants to pay you for these films. So you can look in, in your church attic, in the church basement. Uh, if you have a, a friend who runs a, a Christian youth uh, ministry uh, or uh, these youth uh, vaca- vacation Bible study camps, you know, uh, they have these old films in those big metal containers, 16 millimeter and 35 millimeter. Archival Revival wants to buy them from you. So this is a sponsor that actually wants to give you money. And all you have to do is contact them, tell them what you have. If you're in the UK or Ireland or Africa, uh, these films are all over the world, and they're gathering dust, and they're going to deteriorate. 
if they don't get into the hands of Archival Revival. So that's archival.revival at gmail.com or the blogspot is archivalrevival.blogspot.com. Don't forget, this show is brought to you by PSCoco.com. Phoebe Saad is an independent curator with the Cocoa Exchange. Uh, the Cocoa Exchange is formerly known as Dove Chocolate Discoveries, and they make the finest silky smooth chocolate because the products start with the best cocoa beans, which are tested for quality and flavor by expert technicians. The Cocoa Exchange offers not just premium chocolates, but anything from sauces and spices to brownie and cake mixes and even coffee and martini mixes. If you wish to treat yourself or someone you love to a sweet and tasty gift, then the Cocoa Exchange is the brand for you. So you go to pscoco.com, you click on the Shop Now button, you can see all their beautiful chocolates, you can order it right now tonight, it could be in your, your mailbox in a couple of days, or if you want to get into the chocolate, chocolate business, you want to be a, a chocolatier just like Phoebe Saad, uh, you can uh, click the Contact Us button, and you can learn how to get your own website, go into the Cocoa Chocolate business, and uh, sell chocolate and make a little bit of money there. Remember, all these shows on Awake are brought to you by EmailRevealer.com. You can go to EmailRevealer.com and get a copy of my book, How to Become a Successful Private Investigator. Uh, but you also do all the kind of different services for you, an online dating service investigation. It's called an online infidelity investigation. And that's where you give us your husband or your boyfriend, your girlfriend's email address, and we trace it back to their online dating websites, and we return a list of all the dating sites that that email is registered to. We can expand on that investigation and uh, trace it back to porn sites, escort service sites, swinger sites, uh, even um, uh, gambling websites, and even prescription drug websites. If you think your, your ex-husband or something is addicted to prescription medication or uh, involved in an extreme uh, online pornography addiction, uh, we can produce a, a report for you that you can use in court. Adoption investigations. If you want to locate your birth parents or your, or your birth child you gave away for adoption, we can do, do adoption investigations for you. Asset searches for you. Locate bank accounts, uh, hidden uh, uh, assets, hidden properties, uh, hidden income, all different kinds of services in the asset search investigation. Email tracing. If you need to locate or identify somebody from just an email address, we can... Uh, uh, do an email trace investigation for you and all kinds of digital forensics, computer and cell phone uh, digital forensics where we can uh, recover deleted content from an email or a hard drive and produce a report for you that you can use in court. That's emailrevealer.com or you can contact me at oppermaninvestigations at gmail.com. Welcome back to the Opperman Report. I'm your host, private investigator, Ed Opperman. We're here with James Hudnall, okay? Uh, Going to be at Comic-Con next week. Uh, James, are you there? Might have lost James. Did I lose James? Oh, had him on mute. Hey, James, how are you? I had you on mute. Sorry about that. Now, now uh, before the show, well, no, but earlier you were talking about Pizzagate. Uh, what, what do you know about Have you heard that rumor? By the way, I was the first guy, the first radio host to do a show about Pizzagate. Uh, when it first broke. Um, now, and I've done a few shows about it, and I've talked to some witnesses off the air, so I'm very convinced of the basics of the story, at least. Now, uh, there's a story out there that Breitbart made a comment on Twitter about Podesta that could have been alluded to P Pizzagate. What do you make of that? 
It's not true. Uh, Lee Stranahan, who was a longtime reporter for Breitbart and recently left, I was there for about two and a half years, but he he stayed there for a while. On and off, he went left and came back, but like, he knew Andrew pretty well. I knew Andrew, and I talked to him a few times on the phone, but I never got to meet him, unfortunately. He asked me to join Breitbart himself, which was cool. But anyway, Lee Stranahan came later, and they were friends, and they lived in L.A. So Lee Stranahan pointed out, and if you go to YouTube, he has he has uh, videos up there where he does his now, he does his own reporting on there. And he uh, he showed that it's, he debunked it because what it is is there's some Twitter feeds that look like they were Breitbart talking about Podesta and Pizzagate like years before the incident. Right. Well, he didn't say the word Pizzagate, of course, but he said the the tweet supposedly said, why isn't Podesta being investigated for, you know, pedophilia or whatever it was? And it turns out that those were manufactured that they didn't, the Breitbart never said it because if you go to Breitbart, you could, Breitbart's tweets are still on Twitter. And if you go to, if you go to Twitter and you just look through his tweets towards the end of his life, you'll see that there are no such tweets. So I don't think that those were real. Um, but that doesn't mean that Podesta isn't a creepy, <laughs> the Podesta brothers, his brother as well, aren't involved in some creepy stuff because they are. And they're also behind the whole Russia narrative about Trump and Russia. It's all Podesta, a Podesta invention because it's Podesta brothers who have deals with Russia. They, and they're part of that uranium deal that Hillary gave Russia where they gave us 20% of the U.S. uranium to Russia. That's They were trying to deflect from Trump, I mean, from them, excuse me. They were trying to deflect during, you know, they were trying to push it all the heat onto Trump. And of course, it's all been debunked now. So that's why the media is backing off on it. But now it looks like the investigators turning around back on them. So on the, on the Hillary camp. So that's really it'll be interesting to see where that leads. But, um, but that's the, the big thing with him is the spirit cooking thing, which is, you know, very disturbing. Uh, basically he's, there's a woman that's sort of like some kind of weird spiritual guru for these people and they Abramovich. have the satanic rituals Abramovich yeah Abramovich yeah. yeah she's pretty creepy and she's like uh, pushing 80 but she looks really young Which apparently she pees in the blood of children or something I don't know yeah I was going to say um, that too Yeah, she, she looks remarkably young for a woman of her age and also too if you ever seen the videos of her ceremonies and stuff like that she's got these uh, th this this backyard with these ancient stone uh rooms almost uh where they go in there and they kiss the walls and stuff and uh, whatever is going on back to those things have been there for hundreds of years uh, very the whole pizza gate thing is just so disturbing and like you said too you're, you're absolutely right about the podestas being involved in, in dealings with russia and their name came up in the panama uh, gate the panama papers uh, with those panamanian banks their names came up in there too uh, so is but uh, oh, they're dirty as yeah. they're unbelievably dirty. The Cole Clinton organization is just an organized crime uh, yeah. cartel. I mean, they're involved in like unbelievable stuff. The Clinton Foundation, <laughs> basically taking millions of dollars and bribes from these dictatorships in like uh, Africa and the Middle East, and then and then uh, laundering it through all these different organizations and putting it into her campaign. And so they were getting illegal foreign money. And, 
you know, it's just it's just ridiculous that they were able to get away with it because this basically the the elites have been protecting her because she was the one that they wanted, you know. And uh, it's sick that our society has become so corrupt like this. But um, it's I think it's we're at a point now in history where it's it's sort of like a they're going to go one way or the other and hopefully it'll go in a positive direction. But uh, we're at that point where things come to a head. And at time, if you look through history, there's always a point in time where things come to a head, where corruption gets so far and then it just, you know, things come apart or they, or they restart, they reboot and things take a new direction, you know? Well, so like uh, world war one was one of those situations where there's royal everywhere corrupt royalty and then you had world war one and then that collapsed and it was a new system after that you know so yeah anyway let, let me ask you this now um then what do you because you're, you're obviously I, I did a whole show i did shows about the the clinton war on women i've had all those guys on here all the women i've had on here um and uh did a whole show about uh clinton foundation with uh, charles ortel um, what they've done in Haiti is just unbelievable. But now, but what do you yeah. make though? Uh, what do you, when you see Trump and his connections with Epstein and Trump too has a lot of he's, he's been photographed with uh, Michael Jackson several times as well. They, they had some, Jackson was on his plane. What, what do you make of that of Trump and Epstein and all that kind of stuff? Well, his his affiliation with Epstein is pretty limited. I mean, Epstein was somebody who got around power circles, and the thing is, when you're somebody like Trump, you're gonna hobnob with a lot of these people because that's the the people in your circles in that world uh i don't trump it seems to be a very straight up guy uh from what i've seen he's he doesn't drink he doesn't smoke he doesn't do drugs and he he just and the reason they hate him is because he doesn't care about they can't bribe him because he's already got money so it's like he he's really driving them crazy. And he also is smarter than they are in terms of, he knows how to play the media better than the media understands. Everything that he, every tweet he does that drives them insane is really, what it does is it makes them look worse to the public. And the thing is, if you go back and look at the, at the Bill Clinton impeachment, the impeachment only made him more popular because people will look at the president as an underdog if they feel that he's being bullied. So, What's happened is they're bullying Trump and and calling for his assassination and all this stuff. It's just going to make him more popular. It's not going to make him less popular. They're just making him. They're making sure that he gets reelected, and they're really destroying themselves politically. I mean, they're going to suffer from massive, massive losses. They already. I mean, they didn't win any special election this year, and uh, they really don't have a clue what they're doing. I mean, they. They've gone so far, so extreme, and they're just spouting this crazy stuff, crazy talk. This is beyond belief. You know, it's not what sane people would do. I mean, really, if you're if you were trying to convince people, you don't convince them with screeching and hysteria. You convince them with, you know, like logic and or things. You know, well, see, they've been. Here's the thing: they've been trying to manipulate people by appealing to their baser instincts for decades. They've been using, I mean, I don't know what you know about Edward Bernays and that whole thing, but I mean, basically they've been using psychology on the public to try to morph their 
you know, they've been trying to destroy the the cultural identity of the U.S. and the the family unit and all that stuff. It's been a long, ongoing campaign that's been going on for years, and you're seeing the results and the way society is now. It's a mess. So it's all been orchestrated and for decades, and you know, basically trying to divide everyone and trying to get everyone to hate each other with various ethnic groups hating each other, and then sexual groups, and you know, it's just. Okay, it's but, really but, just trying to divide and conquer. You no, know? no, we're familiar with that. The audience is very familiar with that. And I would invite you to go back and look at my shows, too, that I've done about Epstein. But, uh, now, but now you're saying that's the Democrats doing that? Because the, the, the Rockefeller Foundation, they were Republicans, and they did all that, too. They oh, were, no, no, yeah. no. Don't, yeah. don't get me wrong. Yeah. I don't, I'm, I'm personally I'm politically agnostic. I don't believe in political parties because both sides are two faces of the same coin, you know? Well, then, They're just then last, But you do seem just, to be like a Trump supporter, right? Then, then what do you make of, like, Trump having Kissinger there in his office, his friendship with Adam? No, I, Kishogi, I, yeah. I, I don't agree with a lot of, with He's got some uh, globalists in there, and I don't agree with that. Right. But, uh... But you're one of these the guys that still hand, has hope. You have hope in Trump. You have, you have hope that there's going to be some kind of a, an avenue with Trump. All I can do is hope, yeah, <laughs> because... <laughs> Here's the thing: you don't, you're not going to get any choices. I mean, he's like a wild card, basically, and he's going to go either way. But I, you, you would have otherwise got another a Bush or a Clinton, and it would have been just the same. You know, it's the same difference, really. I mean, both have their own issues. You know, uh, the Bushes aren't clean either. So, I mean, it's um, it's really a terrible situation, but. I, I would rather think, hope that things will be better now because he does, because at least Trump seems to be trying to fix some things. And it, I really do see that. I, I don't know if he'll be successful, but so far it looks good. So we'll see. But he has to fight an incredibly entrenched bureaucracy that doesn't want him to succeed. So it's going to be interesting to see if he succeeds. Okay. But I, I've, uh, to be honest, I've been predicting since I was a teenager and I'm 60 years old. I've been predicting since I was a teenager that eventually there will be another civil war in the U.S. because <laughs> they've been just dividing us and succeeding and dividing us. And, and because, you know, the world is about like these elites that want to control everything. They don't want people to be free. So they want to destroy whatever allows mm. any kind of like the U.S. Constitution is one of the greatest things ever created because it's one of the best blueprints for a society. It's lasted for, you know, what, 250 years or whatever it's been. And I mean, uh, that's longer than almost any country in the world has existed. Uh, the current governments of all these countries, these were the, one of the oldest surviving democracies in the, in the world, world war Republic. But anyway, um, so, I mean, it's a success, but, you know, it's, when you are successful, people want to tear you down. So that's been the attitude of a lot of these places. James. And unfortunately, a lot of people. Yeah, sure. Go ahead. We're totally out of time. <laughs> We're totally out of time. Oh, okay. But I can't thank you enough, man. Uh, there's a, a fascinating story about Michael Jackson and fascinating to know someone and debunking that story about Breitbart. I really appreciate that, uh, too, as well. Uh, I think you'd enjoy some of my shows if you go back in the, into the archives and check it out. I'll send you a link because uh, uh, I've had okay. all the yeah, a lot of same stuff we talk about. Uh, thank you so much, James. 
Hudnell. Hudnell. I almost said Hardell. <laughs> James Hudnell. And he's going to be at Comic-Con. Check him out. He writes for Lucky Comics sometimes. He's got his own publishing company. Uh, many books, uh, Two to the Chest and Secrets of Writing. James, thank you so much. Thank you. Okay. Good. All right. Yeah, James uh, Hudnell. Uh, still... Uh, it's fascinating to see people who still have hope in Trump, you know, but God bless him. Uh, and for 60 years old, if he's 60 years old, he looks great because I saw some pictures of him on Facebook. Because the guy was, I, I thought he was more younger than me. So it's good to hear that. All right. Let's see here. Uh, doo -doo -doo -doo, play some of this. You can have your ad played here at OppermanReport.com every Friday night, 5 p.m., uh, and Saturday night, 5 p.m. to 7 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. And on Friday nights, too, we do a live portion for one hour that I just do a live monologue. Uh, the ads are very, very inexpensive, and they're also played in the Opperman Report member section. Uh, in the member section, you can find all kinds of exclusive content that you won't find anywhere else. It's as cheap as $6 a month, $20 a quarter, or $75 for a year. If you contact me directly at oppermanreport at gmail.com, I'll set you up with a little special deal there uh, where you get a discount if you PayPal me directly and you even get a copy of my book. Uh, I want to thank Sean Duff from strawman.com. He runs the website. He runs the, uh, the, the, the member section. And I also want to thank uh, William Ramsey, uh, who helps us to uh, produce the show and book guests. You can find uh, Sean Duff at strawmanmusic.com. He's an excellent musician. You can find William Ramsey, who's an excellent uh, uh, author, at uh, William Ramsey Investigates on YouTube. Okay, and we are done for tonight. Thank you so much. Uh, thank you for all your support. Uh, you can check out OppermanReport.com. Check out the members section. Uh, you want to sponsor the show, you can email me at OppermanReport at gmail.com. I'm doing a thing, too, now where uh, I'll send out an email, uh, too, to my list uh, once a month for you. If you subscribe to the show, I'll put your link in there as well. Thank you so much. Good night.